0: Welcome to Re Review, where we watch movies from the past with a perspective from today. Your hosts are Matt, Bobby, and Austin, and we love the films from our youth, so we're taking a look back to see if they still hold up. On this episode, we're discussing The Rocketeer. Based on a graphic novel by Dave Stevens, it was released in 1991, directed by Joe Johnston, and stars Billy Campbell, Jennifer Conley, Alan Arkin, and Timothy Dalton. This movie tells the story of a pilot living the ultimate dream in the skies. Now, this is a fair warning. We're spoiling a 32-year-old film. So if you haven't seen it, we will be revealing key plot points. You know, you think of things that open up in such a way that that feel epic, and I feel like this movie does that. You, you kind of get to dive right into this world of you are getting introduced to someone who's clearly a stunt pilot. Um, you get this really cool-looking plane that comes in. And the whole entire takeoff sequence is set to some really legit music that makes you feel like you're ready to fly in the skies. Even though you're not necessarily sure you have an idea what the movie's about. But just to begin with, I was like, oh, this is going to be like a kick-ass, you know, plane film. And in fact, part of me kind of wants that movie. Was that what was supposed to happen in part two? I don't know. But just the way it opens, I, I just, I I love the, the epic, you know, takeoff, that initial takeoff. You know, this very bright yellow plane. And I love the shots with the uh, the the shots of the the plane in flight. I thought it looked so good, and I think I was just taken aback because I'm so used to CG ruling the world. Mm-hmm. And you think of anything now with anything in the sky, it's not real, right? Um, unless Tom Cruise is flying it, maybe. <laughs> it's kind of impressive, right?
1: Although there are some shots that really looked like they were flying, like it wasn't just like looked like it was him in a plane and the you could just see the sky you could actually see like stuff flying by near them and there was a lot of stuff in this movie where i was pretty impressed with the effects because there's a bunch of stuff where i'm not exactly sure how they did it
0: go on
1: (laughs) there's one shot where like behind the back of the rocket shot where he's flying. And it's kind of like a GoPro style, like mounted to the rocket kind of shot where he's mm, flying. Mm-hmm. And it's like, how on earth did they do that? Did they like put him on a crane and like <laughs> drive him through or whatever, like speed it up? Like there's there's a lot of really good effects in this movie I thought. And, but I thought that most of them held up pretty well.
0: That was the invention of the GoPro. <laughs> it was there in that moment. But, we, you know, we get introduced to, to Cliff, um, who's this pilot, and just happens to fly over an uh, FBI chase. <laughs> they just decide, well, I, there's a plane. Let's shoot at it. <laughs> you know, there are times when bad guys make questionable decisions. That was a very interesting one of let's just shoot it at whatever we could shoot at. There was a heavy amount of Tommy guns in this movie. That, that's because it was an
1: FBI surveillance stunt plane, <laughs> and they had to get rid of it. Oh, that's what it was. <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> Thank you for buying into the story part that I did not pick up on. <laughs> but it causes it causes the plane to go down and it really sets up the whole notion of how he gets uh this jet pack or rocket that he'll he'll eventually fly throughout the movie. But uh we kind of get this notion up front. We we get to meet PB, Alan Arkin. And the idea that this is their livelihood, right? This plane is everything they have and by crashing it and it exploding on a barrel of gas, they're now in a world of hurt. And what are they gonna do next? You know, they have an old plane they need to fly, and lo and behold, they find they find this rocket that's been hidden. So who was it the the mob didn't do the original stealing, right? Or did they? And then they're the ones who hid it in the plane? Yeah.
1: yeah, they were hired to steal it, right?
2: It's actually weird because I think they kind of glossed over that, like what actually happened leading yeah. up to the stealing of. Like, I don't think they actually went into like how did they steal this engine in the first place? Did they sneak into a mm-hmm. factory and take it, or was it like somebody transporting it, or like for as top secret as it was, they kind of got <laughs> right? it pretty easily, it seemed. <laughs> yeah.
0: Uh huh. It, it was definitely one of those things where you're going, wait, how did this even get, you know, you let go because it's going to get the whole story going. But yeah, I don't. I'd love to know the backstory. Did they really go into Howard Hughes's vault and somehow do the best heist ever to get a hold of that thing?
1: That Frankenstein guy busted in the front door and just picked it up and walked out.
0: Oh, that Frankenstein guy! What a character! Right, that felt like a straight out of to me Dick Tracy.
1: Oh yeah, for sure. The whole like makeup appliances on his face, and I I kind of just love that kind of like just outside of reality kind of like fantasy kind of way this, this world is set up. I find that very endearing.
0: And I think endearing is a good word, right? Uh, The movie sets itself up to, to really roll in that way the entire time, because as we kind of move along with, with meeting Cliff, seeing his scenario, then we get introduced to Jenny and, and, yeah, I love the uh, the jokes that he had with the lady who was running, I'm going to call it the home, but, but as a sorority house, I don't, I don't know what she was at, you know, saying uh, only gentlemen, you know, should be here. And he goes, I'm no gentleman. And then also that she needs, to, uh, she needs to have her back by 11. And he goes, thank you, Warden. I, It's cute. It's simple. But it's just setting up that playfulness that I think Cliff as a character has, even though we're going to get into they're trying to pivot him to actually being not the best boyfriend in the world.
1: Well, Matt, didn't, didn't we figure out that we've kind of thought that maybe where Jenny lives is like a home for single women in like the thirties. It definitely kind of felt that way, the way they set it up. Like it was,
2: I think a dormitory is probably the best word for it. It probably mm-hmm. very much was like a, you're not in school anymore type dormitory for some people. Like it totally would never, you'd never see that now. But I guess for the time, it made a lot of sense, I guess, for them. But I don't know I do I do agree the one thing that I like about what they did with Cliff, during, but specifically during that time period. you kind of get a sense for his charisma and his character. Mm-hmm. So they kind of set up, you know, what he's like as a pilot. you know, he's very daring. He's very, you know,
1: uh, uh, a, a risk taker. Mm-hmm. Um, he's, but he's also willing to risk his life to save his friends. Like mm-hmm. the older guy who got himself into trouble.
2: But then you also see the side of him that's, you know, playful. And like, I feel like they're, they're doing a fairly decent job of setting up, you know, why somebody, cause I mean, if you really think about it, like, you know, how, how different would this movie have been had the mob driven into like, a, you know, like a car garage or something like that. Like some, mm-hmm. like these people who are used to flying and kind of being daredevils and he's charismatic. Like he
0: Describe the fast and the furious.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I don't say that too loud. Then diesel will have an idea for his next movie. So like, I think that it did a fairly good job of trying to set up this, this character as a hero in a lot of ways and why he would wear a rocket from a financial point of view and an adventurous point of view. And, you know, how he could pull it off, because at the end of the day, like you do have a, you know, a jet engine stuck to your back. Who could possibly fly that? And then why would you want to see somebody even doing that? So it's kind of like a nice little, you know, way of setting up what's to come. That first flight,
0: you know, them them being dangerous, okay, them trying to figure out the pack and strapping it to what the dummy. <laughs> <laughs> and sort of the the it's it feels campy to me very cheesy gags that they did with it you know end up getting loose and flying back and it diving into the ground to eventually making that decision to just strap it on the back um how dare how daring are you <laughs> would you be willing to lose your legs <laughs> for the sake of a jetpack?
1: no those there was like a gigantic flame just Shooting into the back <laughs> of legs like h- half of this movie.
0: <laughs> Not yet. So it was actually half. I think as we get to the end, there's a the part where he takes off and it's just a gigantic plume of flame. Right. Like, wait, this this is safe? Okay, cool, <laughs> cool, 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 cool.
2: I mean, to be fair, like this very much plays into it's the same thing as like Superman and Iron Man, right? Mm-hmm. It very much mm-hmm. plays into the idea of the you know. I, I feel like it is safe to say that everyone's had the dream of flying. You know, for me, it was I'm getting the running start and then jumping and hopping into a flight or whatever. Apparently, you know, other people have different experiences for theirs, but everyone's kind of had that dream of it. And I think with the way they filmed it and kind of the overall, you know, uh, ambiance of the flights taking place, even more so than the obviously it was much more in the CG realm with a couple practical shots than like the airplane Mm -hmm. scene, but it very much tried to have like that whimsical nature of first flight. Right. Mm
0: -hmm. Which they executed very well on. Mm -hmm. Cause it was a little loose. It was a bit crazy. Um, and by the time we get to the point of him using the pack to save his buddy, who's, who's flying the plane on his behalf, uh, it's, I think what I really liked about that particular scene is him flying up to the plane, being a bit out of control, falling off, (laughs) free falling, turning it back on, flying up again, still not really being in control, not turning off, and then he falls off again. Third time's a try, and he's already, like, coasting into the wing a bit better and disengages the the pack appropriately so he can start working with his buddy. Like, he's doing some very, very quick on-the-job learning.
1: Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, it seemed like flight in general was intuitive to him. And I also liked how they kind of did things like they just kind of explained it just enough to make it seem believable, like how they put like a a wing on the top of the helmet so that if he turns his head, it kind of like can control it. So they kind of explained that little tiny bit about how it worked to kind of like suspend my disbelief just a little bit to be like, okay, like, I could see that this is happening. And so I believe that this is happening here.
0: How'd you feel about the helmet design?
1: Oh, amazing. I love it. Yeah. I I thought it was really clever to like, and, and I I thought it was interesting how they got the radio and how like the speakers on the radio kind of looked like the eye holes and how they just like cut a chunk of the middle of the, of the radio out. And they're like, okay, this is it. We're done. Like, here it Mm -hmm. is. Like, I, I thought it was really neat. And like, how they use like found materials and this whole like art deco style of the whole movie. Like I'm sure we get into like the villain layer that was all like all this art deco, like club was all like, it was all this like really neat thirties style.
0: No, let's talk about Timothy Dalton, right? Cause he gets to be (laughs) Neville Sinclair. Um, We understand that he's a great actor and Mm -hmm. And we get introduced to, you know, uh, to me, I keep thinking of this the scene that is all Princess Bride in my head and nothing else. <laughs> he's fencing upstairs. Shenanigans are happening. We know they're on set. There's the gag with the, the poor the, the poor actress who can't act and <laughs> just giving it to her the entire time. But you get back to the sort of a free-flowing spirit of, of Cliff coming to a place where he's not supposed to be and then causing damage without really having the greatest concern for the repercussions of what could happen, um, specifically being that Jenny was gonna lose her job. Um he cares, but he still cares about himself a lot as well. So you get the kind of start of the the idea of uh, Neville creating a sort of a mini love triangle. One we know wasn't authentic because he had ulterior motives, but how'd you feel about
2: Timothy Dalton? I think it was great, to be honest. I think that yeah. it was it was nice to see him almost playing against type in a way. I mean, mm-hmm. obviously he very much was James Bond. Yeah. Um, and they they played into that because he did have that suave, you know, character type to him. Um, I think that the the aspect of his being an actor, works really, it's almost, it's almost somewhat meta in a way Right. while right. you're watching it. Um, yeah. and especially if you're any, any, what vaguely aware of Hollywood during the twenties and thirties and the kind of is very much was big studio and, you know, the, the way that movies were made and the, the, you know, we, we very much have a celebrity culture now, but back then. I mean, they were gods, right? Like they were. Mm-hmm.
1: Was his character not based on Errol Flynn? I'm sure at it was least, kind of an um,
2: amalgamation of like all those kind of care, like those actors
1: from that time period. Yeah, I think at least in the comic book, if not the movie, he, he was based on Errol Flynn, and I think Jenny was kind of based on Betty Page. Makes sense. I'm going to be the one to admit I don't have an Errol Flynn reference. (laughs) (laughs) There was a rumor that that Errol Flynn was a Nazi because he, I might be misquoting it a little bit, but he, there was a guy who was like a, a, a Nazi who he like referred to him as like as an influence in his life, if I'm not mistaken. And so there was a rumor that he was like a Nazi spy.
0: Well, how much? And I, I guess I didn't read the comics, so you could tell me how much does this sort of uh, World War Two, you know, uh,
2: theme come into play in the comics? Is it all over it? It is, but it's not to this. I feel like there's probably more um, because it it goes over a greater span of time. Mm-hmm. This this very much like I. this, like takes place in what the span of like what four days or something like that. Is it really four
0: days? It it
2: probably (laughs) is. To be honest, like there's probably not like a lot of time from uh, takeoff at the beginning to like the very end. Like I don't think that there was a full zeppelin flying over the skies. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, you probably date it. I mean, technically, the whole the zeppelin trip, you know, did happen during that time period, so you probably kind of date it during that time Mm -hmm. so
1: right i mean i like how it's got this like quasi realistic history to it like how there used to be like a hollywood land sign and how i
0: actually really support that gag as silly as it is i really do
1: support them knocking out the sign to make it just say hollywood i mean i love it how there it was actually hollywood land and so like Mm -hmm. i look at that and i think Oh hey, like this is feasible that this is why it's now Hollywood <laughs> and not Hollywood Land.
0: This is what they want from you. <laughs> they, they want
1: you to believe the lie, Bobby. I totally
0: believe it. You're you're telling all your family members anyone anytime you visit LA. Did you know? <laughs>
1: <laughs> Did you know that the Zeppelin crashed into it and that's why? I,
0: <laughs> I mean there is such that element of it being that um what was it like Man in the High Castle? Things that that right. rub, just change history take all the familiar things you know but change it enough to i guess sadly make it more interesting
1: <laughs> is <History's laughs> interesting
0: enough maybe make it less painful how's that <laughs> how's that so you know okay we have neville as the bad guy i i do want to turn it because there was a couple scenes that had me going wait we talked about cliff and him being whimsical uh maybe him being a bit selfish we get to the scene so they've already kidnapped jenny they're in the diner or the place, the, the the little spot where they get food all the time. The mob guys come in. They're threatening everybody. And they're asking for Cliff, and there's no answer. They're about to burn Peavey's face off.
1: Yeah. And no yeah, one's it's... saying
0: a thing. What the right. hell? <laughs>
2: loyalty. You can't buy that kind of loyalty. Right.
0: Wait, but he's just sitting there being quiet. <laughs> even when they cut back to it when he gets up from like you weren't gonna say a thing were you you bastard you were gonna let him turn
1: into two-face it seemed like they had a plan to fight back the whole time maybe really are you sure yeah <laughs> his totally. face is right above the grill man <laughs> Yeah, i that's... just
0: i was concerned for alan arkin I, I did not want pb's face to burn and they got too close too too close all that happened was him reading a sign on the board oh, wait, I know who Jenny is. (laughs) We don't have to burn his face now.
2: There was, I think that kind of played into a couple of the things that did happen in this movie, which were plot conveniences. Yeah. I mean, and I think you've called out when we were watching it. You're like, why'd they stop? (laughs) Like, there was no reason for them to stop. They could have just kept going. Right. I mean, we didn't want
1: them to, but still. I, I did like how the mobsters had the, like, american integrity you know they're like oh oh gosh (laughs) (laughs) they're like hey i may not earn an honest buck but i'm 100 percent american like that's where he draws the line right there
0: (laughs) i mean that is a great line but it is also painful simultaneously uh the um we get into the turn right so he's we know neville wants that rocket and uh but we don't know why. And it's Janie who kind of figures out that he's a spy. So we get to the reveal before everyone else does. And they definitely use that mob scene as a way to to say, hey, you're working with the bad guy. But are you sure you're working with the right bad guy? And that gives that gives the exact notion that you did there. And, and of course, he has the line. He's like, what do you care where my money comes from? For most
2: guys, the bad guys, that's the limit, right? I mean, they have to have some sort of moral code, right? it's In it's, it's probably there. It's tiny, but well, it's it's like you know uh, uh, you know old scarface um, you know, he for as bad as he was and all the terrible things he did, he still gave to his community, right? Mm-hmm. right? And so you know, I think that that does kind of play into that kind of tradition of you know, are they terrible people? Yes, but you know. Would they join up with Nazis? No. Would they, you know, murder a baby or something like that? Probably not. You know, they they have like a moral code. It's just, <laughs> at the end of the day, like a lot of the kind of stuff they do, it's, you know, it's business, right? Mm-hmm. You know, if they need to whack somebody, they'll whack somebody. If they need to, you know, extort some money, they'll extort some money. But, it, you know, it's just business. Whenever it came down to, you know, are they going to be on... You know, the Nazi side or the non-Nazi side, they chose the non-Nazi side. So Right. when I mean you have it, to
1: look at the time frame too. It's like right at the start of World War II, seems like. Well, this is the thing, right? At
0: this point the movie's already ramped up into it's turned bombastic because it went from we just want to get this rocket and then we we get to hang out with Howard Hughes, we get served propaganda film. Which was kind of cool, right? These packs can apparently travel across the Atlantic. They're pretty good with flight, according to the cartoon that
1: I saw. <laughs> Wait, we we can't gloss over Howard Hughes and the great John Locke, Terry O'Quinn. <laughs> this is very, very true. One of my favorite, if not my very favorite, Howard Hughes interpretations on film.
0: Uh, no, it was definitely very good. I mean, the, the interactions he has with Cliff... Um, And again, Cliff just trying to punch every FBI agent that he can see and not get arrested for it. But just the, uh, even what was it? It was the spruce goose, right?
1: Yeah. And and the funny thing is, like, Peavy gives Howard Hughes, like, flight tips. You know, like, what you should do is add a second chamber to the, to the, (laughs) you know, to the, to the rocket to make sure it doesn't overheat, you know, like, so PV is like the foremost, the world's foremost aviation expert, apparently.
0: <laughs> Which is good because you wanted that. It, ma- it makes you attach more to the character, right? Oh look, he's even smarter than Howard Hughes. <laughs> but no, Terry Quinn does a does a great great job as Howard Hughes, and it, there's a sort of weight to his character. Every time he's on screen, yeah, like you feel the authority of him being Howard Hughes for sure. As yeah. the smartest one in the room, he, he really does
1: do a great yeah, job. Great casting.
2: Should probably also call out. I mean, to me, if I think about the Rocketeer, the two thing, the two people that I think of the most that are behind the scenes, Arthur Schmidt, who does the film editing. I watching this again, it just shows how well. The pacing is done in this movie. Mm-hmm. I mean, the the man has like edited some of like the best movies out there. I mean, he, he edited Force Gump, Back to the Future, Pirates of the Caribbean, Curse of the Black Pearl. Like he he, he has a roster of movies that show that he's just a great editor. And of course, I mean James Horner, music. Yeah, no, you it's, you, ju- it's you th- this so movie delightful. is made by that music. Yeah,
1: that's so wonderful. Even the director is very interesting, Joe Johnson, who mm. has Star Wars pedigree and directed the first Captain America movie. So you, when, when you
2: think about it, this movie had a lot of stars in alignment, and it's shocking that it didn't do better during the time period.
0: Was it considered more of a cult movie now? It or is. is
2: it, it is, for sure. Really? It did not do well. Shame on
1: us. I <laughs> wanted to see a Rocketeer 2, man. Shame on all you moviegoers who had a chance to go watch this at the time. Come on. Wait, no, wait, 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 Rocketeer wait, two.
2: this was 91. Could, could Bobby have watched this? Did you skip out on this or did you give him the money to get to Rocketeer two? tier Cause no, I, I, I was like five or six at the time. So,
1: well, I was like negative four, but I did actually, <laughs> I did actually go to, I did actually watch this movie in the theaters. I was pretty young, but I did actually watch this movie in theaters and, just to my, to my credit, maybe it was like the ten year re release, but I did actually watch this movie in the theaters, and I thought it was very neat, very cool Let's at see the what time. You
0: did there, Bobby, ten year re release. Good, yeah. It, it
1: was it was at least the twenty five year re release. So <laughs> watched it when I was ten years old. Yeah. <laughs> Good, lord.
0: Good lord.
1: Um,
0: that's it. Is kind of well to me because I I think it is uh, we're spoiling what we're going to talk about later but i I, it is just it is a very very good watch is a simple way of putting it and it is surprising here that this falls under cult film status um you know i could imagine you could tell me whether or not that's the case here matt you know is this a big cosplay character i mean
2: if i could i would for sure but i i like if i do it i would do it all out like i would I'd have like the jet pack with, you know, uh smoke shooting out of the back and a speaker in it so it sounds like it's actually going. Because that sound effect too. That sound effect mm-hmm. is great. The whirling of the of the motor and everything. Like, if you're gonna do it, you gotta do it. But it it's on the the dream list, right? I would love to see it. I'd actually like to see this back in the parks again. Like, especially if they do like a like, you know, an anniversary. I'd love to see a rocketeer back in the Disneyland or Disney world. Well, cause there's parts, especially with the way
0: again, back to how it was shot. One of the notes I wrote down was soaring over California.
1: Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. They play the music in the queue. Oh, uh-huh. that
2: entire area of Disneyland. Like it's yeah. very much right out of that time period. You could, you could, uh, cause don't they have like uh right by Soren, They have a plane. Just yeah. replace that with uh-huh. uh, the with, uh, with the with the yellow one. You're good to go.
1: Right. Yeah, you
2: just have them stand really next to it. L- and a park's Easter designs.
1: egg is that one of the popcorn vendors. There's a little rocketeer guy like churning the popcorn. If you look inside,
0: I wonder what might be holding them back. Probably the lack of money the first time around. <laughs> yeah, we
1: <or, laughs> need to start that
0: online petition. More yeah. rocketeer, please. Well,
1: I feel like please. Disney Plus is a pretty good venue
0: to. Start it back up. So you're saying you need to stream it multiple times over and over again so they think there's interest. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Isn't that how it works now? So bombastic nature. Things ramp up. We're at the Griffith Observatory doing full Tommy gun shootouts (laughs) to ride in a friggin' Zeppelin that's supposedly over Los Angeles. At this point, you definitely have to let go of a lot.
1: Because when that thing comes wait, on screen, it, you're like, wait a second. It's not right in, it's right on top of.
0: <laughs> yes.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yes, they
0: ride on top of said Zeppelin. And in. How was the gag with the, uh, the, pi- the pilot of the Zeppelin? You mean when he gets knocked out? Yes. We have the best pilot. And then the next scene <laughs> is him getting knocked <laughs> through a window.
2: The, the best setup ever like this this movie shockingly had like those those every once in a while comedy moments that were pretty dang good like uh that and we don't have a house we've got a gazebo (laughs) right (laughs) there's lots of great moments in there
0: oh my gosh how did i not even bring up that particular scene how's everyone not dead they turn that thing into cheese (laughs) the amount of fire That they put on that particular house. Oh my gosh! Yeah, it was it was kind of it was kind of ridiculous. So as we as we get to the end of the film and you get uh, Howard Hughes handing off a brand new plane to Cliff, how sick did that plane look?
2: Yeah, but, that was. Really was awesome. that a different plane or was it the same plane?
1: I think it was a was different it the same one. Plane? It was a, different like a paint brand. job. <laughs> oh, looked really similar. I I always assumed it was just like a a brand new one, but. I, I've saved the one longest time. I,
2: I just thought they repainted it. Like, th- from a prop mm-hmm. perspective, they used the same exact plane, repainted oh, yeah, it so sense. that it looked yeah. like. I don't know if it was supposed to be the same plane, like they had fixed it, or if he just given it. Like, I kind of felt like he just went into his garage and was like, Yeah, mm, I'll give him that one over there. He, yeah, right, I imagine yeah, right. this guy was like Jay Leno. He's just got a
1: hanger uh-huh, full of sure. planes. Right. Yeah, that totally makes sense. I picture that as well.
0: And this is why I want I want the I want the flight movie. I basically want Top Gun Rocketeer style, <laughs> where we get to see the stunt shows, and now it's a totally different film piece. And maybe somehow he gets a hold of the pack again, and now he's making money off of the show doing it that way. No, maybe. Okay, fine. I'll just be alone on this. <laughs> no, <one. laughs>
1: I think that's what the sequel would be. I mean, it, it clearly was set up for like. Uh oh, the Nazis are back again. We could really use a jetpack guy to help us. <laughs> we with could whatever, use the one like, jetpack guy. Yeah.
2: <laughs> <laughs> well, <laughs> okay. Okay. That. You could totally set up a movie plot for it. Like they need him to go rescue somebody, like, right? Behind enemy yes. lines.
0: Exactly. Exactly.
2: Right. Yeah. And they need somebody who could fly in because they're like, ah, oh, if we fly in a plane, it's going to get shot down. But the Rocketeer, mm-hmm. he could get in there. Mm-hmm. There we go. It's a rescue movie. And
1: now Wait, he isn't he the, the Falcon? Anymore.
2: Almost. <laughs> <laughs> like just, a, just a little. Oh, don't, bit. don't, don't even, even this get this me started case? on how I want to tie this into the MCU. Don't, don't get me uh, going down okay. that road. All right, that is, that is a
0: path we will avoid. Matt, are you recommending this movie? Yes, that's it. Yes. Just a yes. Tell the people to watch it, Bobby. Are you recommending this movie?
1: Yes, I found it wholesomely delightful, and I would love to just watch it over and over and over again. If for nothing else, just the music alone.
0: Mm -hmm. Wholesomely delightful. Wow, look at that. That is a very positive recommendation from you. The longest Uh, words uh, I've used all year. I'm gonna (laughs) say. I was about to say. Yeah, this is one of those films where if so, it's on Disney Plus. You're saying? Yep. Everyone go, if you're paying for it, get on your Disney Plus. Watch this. If you haven't seen it, I think uh, you will leave very, very pleasantly surprised at a film that, yes, is probably undervalued in the annals of time. uh, So we want to get it uh, overvalued. Uh, So watch that film. Get some interest. I think it'll be something that you enjoy a lot. As always, thank you for listening. And remember, it's all part of the show.